You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super successful. I hope you guys are ready. We got an amazing show today, all right? Well, the quote that I want to go ahead and start today's show with is, Life is a marathon, not a sprint. Train for endurance, not speed. Let me repeat that last part. Train for endurance, not speed. Okay, very, very, very important. All right. The title of today's show is Success is a Marathon, Not a Sprint. Success is a Marathon, Not a Sprint. All right. I want to thank you guys for listening. Want to remind you that you can always go back and re listen to the live recorded versions of my show at www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. And if you would like to listen to the live versions every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right, if you're in the United States or if you're out outside the country but you want to call into the United States and listen in, you can always call 404, that's 1-404-793-7050, or just go to www.powerhh.com, all right? If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R, or The Real Mark Starr, or search for our Power and a Half Hour Facebook group, Okay. Um, I have a daily message service called Be Better Daily. All you have to do to subscribe to that to get free motivational or inspirational messages every morning to your phone is text BBD to 411247. That's boy, boy, dog, BBD to 411247. And don't forget to download my book, www.repeataftermebook.com. All right. Are you guys ready? We got a amazing show for you today. Profile number one, Chris Saka. Now, Chris Saka is a Silicon Valley venture investor, speaker, and private equity advisor. After Chris finished high school, he went to Georgetown University Law School. And while in school, Chris began investing in the stock market. Chris started investing with little to no money. All right. In 1999, Chris was up more than $12 million. Then in 2000, when the stock market crashed, Chris lost $16 $16 million in one week. We'd be crying when we lose $100, right? This man lost $16 million in one week, all right? So now $4 million in the hole, it would have been easy for Chris to have given up or filed for bankruptcy. Even though Chris's situation was looking very bleak, he decided not to file for bankruptcy as it would have prevented him from eventually accomplishing some of his future goals. He knew that he couldn't be the head of a company, of a privately, I mean, of a privately, uh, publicly traded company if he had filed for bankruptcy, all right? Now, Donald Trump, we all see Donald Trump, right? We know that he's filed for bankruptcy four, four times, but I don't think Donald Trump actually filed for bankruptcy. His businesses did. John, Donald's pretty smart, okay? Um, Chris was able to go to the banks that he owed and negotiate that $4 million debt down to a little bit over $2 million. Now, Chris then began doing any and everything to pay back his debt. He would do voiceover work. He would write business plans for people on company on websites such as Elance. 
and while working as an attorney during the day. Chris would go to every networking event in Silicon Valley to help build his network. Many of them he couldn't afford the entry fee, so he would sneak in through the kitchen and act as if he was a waiter and make his way into the event. That's how determined this man was to getting around other successful people. Things suddenly got worse. They didn't get better for him. Four days before September 11, 2001, Chris got laid off from his job. Chris then went into hustle mode. Chris would start cold calling members of the Forbes Midas list for a job but didn't have much luck. He finally not landed a job at Spadera Networks. In November 2003, Chris got a job with Google where he got a position on the legal and business development team where he would scout locations for Google's new data centers. While at Google, Chris would soak up any information by sitting in on every meeting he possibly could. By 2005, Chris had finally paid off all the money that he lost a few years earlier. So it took this man four years just to get back to even. All right, four years to get back to even. Chris would eventually leave Google. One of Chris's good friends that he met while at Google, Ev Williams, left Google as well and went to launch a podcast startup called Audio. Audio didn't work, but was eventually turned into Twitter. Chris was fortunately an early investor in Twitter, Twitter investing $25,000 in the startup at the beginning. Chris continued to invest in companies such as Kickstarter, Twilio, and Lookout when he started to run out of money. He then decided to start an investment fund to help raise money to continue to invest in startups. While most people couldn't see the value in Twitter, Chris personally invested everything he owned in it as well as raised funds to start buying out shares from Twitter employees that wanted to sell early. Chris's Twitter fund, Lawrence Lowercase Industry, soared 1,500% and it earned its investors $5 billion. Now, Chris continued to invest in early startups and was one of the first initial investors in Uber. Chris's hard work, perseverance, and determination has definitely paid off. In 2015, f- 10 years after he got back, 10 years before he was, remember, he was at zero, right? So 2015, 10 years after he got back to zero, Chris made the Forbes billionaires list with a net worth of $1 billion. Now, 10 years ago, this guy was just at even, just at zero, all right? And within the last 10 years, this man has been able to increase his net worth from zero to $1 billion. So let's look at some of the takeaways from this profile. Number one, in 2000, Chris lost $16 million in one week. He could have easily quit and given up, but he didn't. It took him five years just to get back to zero. Now, during that time, he did any sort of odd jobs to get his debts paid, right? This man was at a mission. He had a plan. He was going to get back to zero because he knew where he was going to, right? Took him four or five years just to get back to zero. But look what he's done since then. Look what he's done in 10 years. So many people complain to me all the time talking about they don't have any money. This man started off $2 million in debt. Well, actually $4 million in debt, right? Negotiated down to $2 million. Then lost his job. But he still figured out a way how to get back to zero and figured out how to get to a billion. Number two, 
Chris used his job at Google to not only learn all that he could, which would later help him to attain massive success, he was also able to make valuable connections such as meeting Evan Williams, which enabled him to be one of the early Twitter investors. If you're working a job right now, you do not know how your job is going to help you in the future. All right? Everything, while you're at your job, you're actually being paid to learn. One of the best things that you can have right now if you want to be an entrepreneur is a job, especially if it's a job in an area that you're interested in. Because you get to learn for, not only do you get to learn for free, but you get paid to learn. And then you get an opportunity to meet some great people that could possibly be the next founder of a company like Twitter. Number three, Chris had vision to see what most others weren't able to see. While most couldn't see the value in companies such as Twitter and Uber, Chris could and his gamble paid off for him big time. Remember, everything great, most people aren't going to be able to see. People said, you know what, I don't get this Twitter thing. I don't know how this thing is going to work. I don't, I don't really think this Twitter thing is going to work. Uber, who's going to want to drive people around? Here it is. A few years later, Twitter's worth how much billion? Probably about $20 billion. Uber's worth what, $55 billion? Most people couldn't see it in the beginning. Chris could. I'm going to tell you a rule of thumb, a coach mark rule of thumb. If you see everybody going in one direction, and if you don't know where to go, automatically just choose to go in the opposite direction. Anytime I'm not sure where to go, I always go in the opposite direction from where everybody else is going. Number four, Chris understood that your network determined your net worth. Chris would do any and everything to get into every business networking event in Silicon Valley, even if it meant sneaking in through the back. This man would sneak through the back of a networking event and pose as a waiter just to get in the event for free. Now, how many of us have opportunities to go to networking events and be around people that are more successful than us, but we just don't even go, even when we get a ticket for free? That's how dedicated to success this man was because he knew that, you know what? If I hang around people that aren't doing much, guess what? I probably won't be doing much either. I got to get around the movers and shakers. I got to get around people that are doing some things because these are the people that can make some things happen for me. If you spend all your time with your cousin Larry that isn't doing much, five years from now, you're probably not going to be doing much either. Profile number two, Robert F. Smith. Now, Robert is an African-American investor. He is the founder of Vista Equity Partners, which is an investment firm with over $14 billion in assets. Robert was born to two parents who both had PhDs and were school teachers, all right? He grew up in a mostly African-American, middle-class neighborhood in Denver, Colorado. Now, while in high school, Robert applied for an internship with Bell Labs, but was told that the program was intended for college juniors and seniors. Robert thought that because he was getting A's in his computer science classes and advanced math classes, that it was the same as if he was in college, Bell Labs didn't agree, and they turned him down. Now, Robert was extremely persistent. 
He would call back every day for two weeks, even though the HR director stopped taking his calls after the second day. He would leave a message with his phone number. He then would call every Monday for about five months, and every Monday the receptionist would just laugh and take the message. After about five months, the HR director finally called him back after an intern from MIT didn't show up and they needed someone fast. That's what being persistent does for you, right? Robert would attend Cornell University but continued to work at Bell Labs during his summer and winter breaks before graduating Cornell with a chemical engineering degree. After graduating at Cornell, Robert attended Columbia Business School, then went to work for Goldman Sachs. He executed and advised on over $50 billion in mergers and acquisition activities with companies such as Apple, Microsoft, eBay, Yahoo, and Texas Instruments. Another example where this man on his job learned everything that he needed to learn to get him to where he needed to go. It's the purpose of a job. He was the first person at Goldman Sachs to focus on tech mergers and acquisitions. In 2000, Robert left Goldman Sachs to start his own private equity firm. In the last 15 years, Vista Equity Partners, Robert's company, which he's the founder and CEO, has over $14 billion in capital. Based on its performance since 2005, Vista was named the world's number one performing private equity firm. Now, Robert is currently the second wealthiest African-American in the United States with a net worth of $2.5 billion with a B dollars. The only person that's above him is Oprah Winfrey. Now, during a commencement speech that Robert gave at Huston Tilliston University in 2014, Robert shared seven jewels that he has learned over the years that has contributed to his success. Number one, dream big. Don't be limited by your own imagination. Number two, very important to dream big. Don't limit yourself and don't most definitely allow other people to limit yourself. They don't know what your potential is. They don't know what you can do. Most of the time, you don't even know how great you are and what you can do. Don't ever let anyone else determine your destiny for you. Number two, Solve challenging problems with elegant solutions. People that get paid are what? Problem solvers. You want to get paid? You want to make some money? Start figuring out how you can solve problems for other people. That's how you get paid in this world. You got to figure out how to bring some value, how to solve problems. Because guess what? If I have a problem and you're able to solve it, I will pay you for that. And you could solve a problem for a lot of people. A lot of people will pay you for that. And that's how you take your life to the next level. That's how you make money. Now, if you're solving basic problems that a lot of other people can solve, then you're going to get basic money. The more elaborate the solution that you have to people's problems, the more money you're going to get paid. Number three, be a student of history, but don't be bound by it. So many of us are bound by our stories, right? Maybe something was true at one point in time. It doesn't necessarily have to be true right now. Generally, your story is what holds you back. It's always good to pay attention to history, what happened in the past, but don't allow that to hold you back. Number four, follow your instincts. Always follow your gut instincts. If your gut is telling you something, always move in that direction. 
That's God within you. So many people are afraid to follow their instincts. I, I try to always follow my instincts. No, I always follow my instincts. I don't even like that word try. Always follow my instincts. Number five, give people something that they can believe in. Very important. That means being persistent, being consistent, right? You want people to buy into you? Be the type of person that people want to buy into. All right? So that means if you've been flaky over the years, you got to work at not being flaky and showing people that, right? Don't think that you decided that you weren't going to stop, um, that you were going to stop being flaky yesterday. Now everyone wants, uh, everybody should believe you. Now you got to show them. You got to show them, right? When people see that you're consistent and persistent, people will want to be around you. People will want to invest in you. But you got to show them, right? And even if your history says something different, you can change that, but you got to be patient. You got to consistently show them. Number six, you are enough. You don't need anything else to be successful. You got everything that you need. You might need to develop some stuff um, within you, but you got everything that you need to become successful. So many people are looking, wait, looking for something outside of, no, you have everything that you need. There might be some things that you need to develop in you. Yeah, absolutely. But you got everything that you need. And number seven, liberate the human spirit. So profile number three, Richard Branson. Now, we profiled Richard Branson on an earlier show, so we'll just briefly recap some of his accomplishments and discuss some of his rules to success. Now, Richard is an English businessman and investor who is best known as the founder of the Virgin Group, which comprises more than 400 companies. Richard went to school up until the age of 16. Richard had a rough time with school and had poor academic performance because he was dyslexic. This man could not read and write properly. On the day that he decided to drop out of school, Richard's headmaster told him that he would either end up in jail or become a millionaire. Well, the headmaster was wrong because Richard didn't do either of these. Instead, he became a billionaire. Richard started his first business, which was called Student Magazine, at the age of 16 with absolutely no money. This man started it at 16, dropped out of high school, started it with no money. Since those days, Richard has gone on to own hundreds of different businesses, including Virgin Records, Virgin Communications, Virgin Airways, Virgin Vodka and Virgin Cola, Virgin Mobile, Virgin Radio, as well as hundreds of other companies. Richard currently has a net worth of over $5.2 billion. High school dropout that was dyslexic. Started his business with no money. One of the biggest risk takers. I would suggest to anybody, you can find his autobiography. What is it called? Uh, Just search for Richard Branson's autobiography. I read it last year. I can't remember the name. It's something virgin. I, I don't remember the exact name of it. But I would suggest you can find it on YouTube. You can find the audio book on YouTube. Just search for Richard Branson's autobiography on YouTube. And I guarantee you, you listen to that man and you listen to his story, you will have such a level of respect for him. 
Now, here are Richard's 10 rules of success. Number one, keep it simple. Richard has dyslexia, which caused him to have trouble reading and writing. Even with dyslexia, Richard was able to amass a fortune of over $5 billion. Richard did this by keeping things as simple as possible. Many times we think that in order for something to be successful, it has to be complex. Most great businesses started out very simple with one objective, not a hundred. Don't be a flea market, right? So many people, you ask them what they do. Oh, I do this, do this. No, keep it simple. Focus on one thing until you get that one thing to be successful. Then you go on to start doing some other things. As they become more successful, they expand what they did, but they all started out with one clear objective and was as simple as possible. That's all successful people. They always start out with one clear objective. All right? And then they expand to other things as they get more resources and they become more and more successful. Number two, give it a try. Instead of debating for weeks and months on whether or not you should try a new idea, instead, just give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? If undecided, the only way you will know whether the idea will work or not is just to take a chance. While you're going back and forth, someone else is about to become successful with your idea. How many times have you seen that? You come up with something and you're trying to play, go back and forth, trying to figure out whether or not you should be doing it. Then, bam, somebody has your idea. Bam, someone becomes a millionaire with your idea. Number three, be a leader. A company is just a group of people who are all striving towards a greater goal. Whenever you have a group of people moving in the same direction, a strong leader is needed to make sure that everyone stays on course together. If not, the business is doomed. Why not you be that leader? Who else better to lead than you? Number four, don't give up. Whether you're moving towards your goal, when, whenever you're moving towards your goal, you will encounter challenges. I can promise you on that. You will encounter many roadblocks and obstacles. These obstacles will make most people want to give up. In order to achieve success, you absolutely can't give up. You have to keep going no matter how tough it gets. Every time you get knocked to the ground, you have to dust yourself off and get back up. Keep charging forward and don't let anything or anyone stop you from giving it another try number five delegate most entrepreneurs don't like to give up control of their business but here are a few reasons why delegating is so important number one there are probably certain tasks in your business that you absolutely hate and having someone else do it would make you much happier number two if you delegate tasks you're not good at it will get done better because it's not one of your strengths. And number three, so you can spend your time focused on important objectives like growing your business. All right? Richard's success rule number six, treat people well. Even though some people feel that in order to get to the top, you must be ruthless, Richard doesn't believe this to be true. He knows that treating people poorly will only harm your chances for success because you will be burning bridges. Always treat people nicely for as long as possible and only treat people differently if you have no other choice. Number seven, shake things up. When you're looking to create a new business or product, look at current situations and products and think, then think about how you can improve on them. There is no need to reinvent the wheel. Don't do the same thing that everybody else is doing. 
Or if you're going to do something that a lot of people are doing, try to figure out another way that you can do it. Number eight, people will be skeptical. We talked about this earlier with Chris Saka. Most great ideas and concepts the general public will not be able to see. Many people are filled with fear and will oftentimes try to transfer that fear to you. Don't take no one's fear on. Tell them to keep it to themselves. They start talking that fearful nonsense. Tell them to keep that to themselves. Remember, it doesn't matter if they believe in you. All that matters is that you believe in you. Number nine, affect lives positively. Richard says that when you're creating a business, you're creating something that should impact lives. A business is just a group of people who are working towards building products and services that impact lives in a positive way. Number 10, do things differently. This goes back to something that Mark Cuban said. If there are 10,000 people doing the same thing, why would you want to be number 10,001? Now, all of the characteristics that help Richard to become and stay successful, persistence is probably the one that has been the most essential and beneficial to him. Now, persistence is the ability to be determined to do or achieve something regardless of any setbacks. Many people set goals and plans towards success, yet only a few of these people ever succeed. Most people don't stick to their goals or plans until completion. Most people stop before they even start or they quit in the middle of the journey. Now, some of the reasons people end up quitting are, number one, hardships. Number two, discomfort. Number three, uncertainty. Number four, they let their fears and doubts paralyze them from consistently moving forward. And number five, their motivation isn't strong enough. Now, developing persistence is a master skill that you would need to develop to achieve any sort of success. It's a skill. It can be developed, all right? Let's look at some of the habits of highly persistent people. Number one, persistent people have a goal or a vision that drives them. They're often dreamers and visionaries who see their lives as having a higher purpose rather than simply just earning a living. Their vision is deeply ingrained and they focus on it constantly and with great emotion and energy. Their vision is the first thing that they think about when they wake up and the last thing that they think about before they go to bed. And for me, it's what I think about all day, every day. All right? I'm almost obsessive with my visions. No, I'm not almost. I am obsessive with my visions. Right? And if it's something that's really strong to you, you should be as well. Number two. Persistent people have a burning desire. This goes along with what I just said. Persistent people not only want it bad, they want it really bad. They never look for an excuse or a way out. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. What keeps highly persistent people going is their powerful level of desire. All right? Number three, persistent people have inner confidence. Having a highly developed sense of who they are allows highly, the highly persistent to continue on without being greatly affected by what others think of them or being understood or being appreciated by those around them. Persistent people know that what they want and are seldom swayed by the opinion of the masses. Even though their inner confidence gets challenged and shaken, it never gets destroyed and constantly acts as a source of courage and determination. They're not focused on what other people think or think about them. They know what it is that they've come to do, right? They're focused and determined. That's why they get to where it is that they're trying to get to. Number four, 
Persistent people have highly developed habits. Jim Rohn once said, motivation is what gets you going. Habit is what keeps you going. Persistent people know that it's very difficult to stay continually motivated, especially during times when it seems no progress is being made. Persistent people rely on their self-discipline and only they develop habits that they can count on to continue down the path toward their eventual goals. All right. Number five, persistent people have the ability to adjust and adopt their action plan. Now, while when their plan is not working, they look for better ways that will increase their chances of success. The highly persistent see their journey as a series of dead ends, detours, and adjustments, but have the complete faith that they will reach their destination. They're not tired for their ego. They're not tied to their ego, and they will admit when something isn't working. And number six, persistent people are committed to lifelong learning. So important. Persistent people welcome change and new ideas and continue looking for ways that they can incorporate these into their lives. They realize that any goal worth reaching will take time, effort, and continuously learning new skills and thinking patterns. Persistent people see learning as a way to reach their goals more quickly as they see self-development as a way of life. All right? So it's not something that they just do every once in a while. This is what they're committed to doing every single day. That's exactly why I read for four or five hours every single day. It's a way of life. It's not just something that I'm doing because it's a hobby. No, it's a way. This is the way that I live my life. They understand that learning and continual growth do not end at a certain age or stage in life. They are the essence of life itself, and therefore they are never ending. And number seven, persistent people have role models that act as guides and mentors. Persistent people have a carefully chosen group of people that they admire and emulate. They can be people who are actually involved in their lives as mentors or confidants, or they can be figures who they've read about or who they deeply or who have deeply impacted their lives. All right. That's all I have for you guys for today. Man, today's show was absolutely amazing. All right. A lot of great information. Go back and re-listen to it either on the station that you're listening to or go to my website and look for this uh, show at www.powerhh.com. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, uh, The Real Mark Star, all right, on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. would love to hear from you, all right? And continue to email me your stories, how you guys are doing, CoachMarkSpeaks at gmail.com. And the quote that I want to go ahead, oh, don't forget to share this show with three of your friends. Tell them about the station that you're listening to it on, right? If they don't get the station or they're not in the same uh, area where the station broadcasts, have them go to the website, www.powerhh.com, to sign up so they can listen to the shows uh, through the website. Now, the quote that I want to go ahead and end today's show with is, ambition is the path to success, persistence is the vehicle that you arrive in, and that's from Bill Bradley. Thank you much, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.